0: Hey, y'all. Welcome back to New Slang. I'm music journalist Thomas Mooney. This is episode 179, where I'm joined by one of my favorite songwriters, Ryan Colwell. And I say that wholeheartedly. There's been a lot of folks that I've written about extensively over the years. Obviously, folks like Turnpike Troubadours, Terry Allen, Flatland Calvary. But Ryan is really up there on that leaderboard as well. And I've had a few really in-depth interviews and conversations with him over his records like flatlands and the last american which i just think are prime examples of stellar songwriting and craftsmanship the storytelling and imagery and language and style and sonic touches they just all complement one another seamlessly he tells these beautiful sometimes heart-wrenching sometimes tragic stories and as i mentioned a few times during this conversation i just feel really attached to a lot of these songs Which Yeah, Ryan was in town last week, so we sat down before his show at Blue Light for this conversation about past records and what's to come as far as future records go. Today's presenting partner is our pals over at Desert Door Texas Soto. If you've been listening to New Slang for really any amount of time, you'll know that Desert Door is one of my all-time favorite premium, high-quality spirits. If you haven't or aren't sure what exactly a soto is, I'm going to let you in on a little secret that's going to up the game on your liquor cabinet. For starters, the best reference point that I can point you to is to think about a tequila or a mezcal. Do you feel that Western desert, that Texas ruggedness? Okay. Soto is like that, but a little bit more refined, smooth and fragrant. It intrigues the palate and offers these hints of vanilla and citrus, There's an earthiness that often sends me right back to my Trans-Pecos and Far West Texas roots. There's plenty to love about Desert Door. For me, it all starts right there. A close second is just how versatile Desert Door really is. You can go full highbrow and experiment with concocting a variety of cocktails that call for muddling fresh fruit, sprigs of thyme, sticks of cinnamon, it's perfect for that world. If you're a little bit more down home, If you've just rolled up the sleeves of your denim Wrangler button-up, it's perfect for that as well. If you're just desiring something that's short and sweet, it hits the mark every time. Desert Door is genuine and authentically West Texan. It's inherently West Texan. They harvest soto plants out in the wild and are knowledgeable conservationists at heart. That's obviously something incredibly important to me. They shine a light on what makes West Texas special and unique and worth preserving and keeping it safe from exploitation. Right now, you can find Desert Door all over Texas, Colorado, Tennessee, and there's budding numbers in places like New Mexico, Arizona, California, and Georgia. Best thing you can do is to check out DesertDoor.com to find where Desert Door is locally. Again, that's DesertDoor.com. If this is your first time listening to New Slang, be sure to hit that subscribe button. New Slang is available virtually everywhere you listen to podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, though, go ahead and leave one of those five-star reviews. And, of course, New Slang is about as grassroots an endeavor as they come, so telling a pal or two, that goes a long way as well. A retweet or a share on Facebook or Twitter, they all add up, and, of course, that helps the podcast grow. You can go over and check out the merch store as well. That would be newslangpodcast.bigcartel.com. There's t-shirts, shot glasses, stickers, koozies, coffee mugs, and much, much more available over there. And of course, all the links right there, they will be in the show notes. All right, let's get on into it. Here is Ryan Colwell. I guess like the last time I saw you was in Austin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> down at, uh, where was that? It was like on Tech Camp, or on the UT yeah. campus.
1: Cactus Cafe.
0: Yeah, there you go. I'm not very well de- uh, in-depth with all the, the UT stuff down there. I know yeah. it was just like, you know, went down. I was in town, and so, like, you know, text you. It was just one of those awesome things where you were playing there, where you hadn't been over here in a long time. I don't know where this story's going other than that's yeah, the it's last good time. good to see you. Last was, time we, we talked was then. It was right around the time the record... No, it was like a year after the record yeah, came out. Yeah, a while, yeah. Yeah.
1: That was a wild trip. Then I went and played all the, the Rustics and watched people eat their queso and chicken, quail eggs, and whatever <laughs> they were doing. <laughs> quail eggs? I think so. I don't know what they were eating.
0: Is that on the uh, the rider?
1: I mean, we weren't eating them. I think we got <laughs> fried pickles. Yeah. There's lots of sundresses and quail legs going on at the Rustic. Nice place. Sounds like. Have sounds you been like there? A, no, I've not, oh, not. It's just like a giant restaurant with a stage.
0: Yeah. All the all the lights just came on, all the neons.
1: I want to be gracious to the Rustic, but the first, uh, they were very kind to us, and uh, it was really nice. It was hotter than hell. San Antonio, the first one we played, because they have several of them, and we played them all, and it was great. Um, but the first night in San Antonio on, like, a Wednesday or something, and we get done with our first song, and I swear to you, I've never had, it's never been so dead. It was just <laughs> silence. Not even like a, okay, good job. And so, that's what I remember about the Rusty. Yeah. Quail eggs in silence. <laughs>
0: Well, I don't know, maybe they were just uh I don't know.
1: I think it was hot and Wednesday and they, they were like who the hell's this guy? And I'm you know, and I'm playing this wow ominous stuff and I was like, hey.
0: You're returning to San Antonio soon though. Yeah. This time with Jamie James Lynn Berger Wilson. Joint. I don't know if it's Jamie gonna be this is out by the time you play, but it's all good. We'll talk about that. Um obviously Jamie, yeah, great song songwriter. I know we've talked me and Jamie have talked about you before. I don't know if necessarily on podcasts or anything, but, you know, mutual admiration between y'all as uh, songwriters and storytellers. Storytellers. I need to enunciate. I'm sorry.
1: It's good. I was listening to your podcast with her on the way here because I drove from Nashville straight to Amarillo's like 14 hours. So I just downloaded a bunch of podcasts and just went for it. And it was really interesting. It's cool to hear other songwriters talking about writing songs. And, you know, good songwriters. Talking about writing songs, it's, it just opens your mind up a little bit. But it's crazy how intentional people can be. Right. Like, she knows what the hell she's doing, and she does it on purpose. And then she can repeat the process. And I'm out here just swinging the bat, <laughs> hoping I hit something.
0: See, that's, that's what's so amazing is, is how there, there can be these different little processes for yeah. every songwriter. Where, like, I don't know how I would be as a songwriter, what my process would be, but I find it really... I guess like I I go towards more the people who like a Jamie who is writing a song and it takes her a long time to finish it because of the the craft of it and like the intention being intentional with every like word. Yeah. Um, now I'm not saying I would be that good. I just feel like I would just continue fucking with it before and it would never be done, kind of thing. But yeah, that's a temptation. Uh, yeah. Is that is it, do you feel like that?
1: I'd say every once in a while i say it's a temptation I I have a song it's not out yet but I mean I'd finished it like three years ago and then I just uprooted the whole thing and the second half of the song just changed it completely and you know and it's recorded now it's a done deal but I thought it was done nothing's done until it's committed you know Mm -hmm. put it on the put it on the tape or whatever
0: yeah. Well, even in then, though. And then, can, yeah. I,
1: they, I still think... I change things live all the time. Because mm-hmm. it's like, well... I say all the time. I haven't played in so long. Yeah. Covered it up up there.
0: <laughs> I was talking with... Not to name drop here, but I was talking with Jimmy Dale Gilmore oh, earlier today.
1: Not to name drop.
0: And they were... One of the fascinating things with the Flatlanders is how they kind of have like a shared catalog where they've all kind of recorded these songs individually and then together yeah. and then like again. And it really... Shows you how a song can be, like the the many interpretations, even just among three members, three artists.
1: Yeah, it's like a tiny little bluegrass world. You know, like a bluegrass, they have like here's the standards, there's a mm-hmm. hundred, two hundred songs, what everybody knows them. Here's a tune, here's a song, and oh, we do it like this. Well, that's just a slight variation. My grandpa showed me, you know, and it's like they just did that amongst themselves, and you just get to watch things bloom, and right? I, you know. I feel like the uh, Texas used to be more like that. Maybe it's still like that. And I'm just unaware. But like you look back and you see not just those dudes, but they're covering some other guy, you know, way down covering guy, you know, mm-hmm. my whole world was that way. My, my daughters, one of their favorite songs is, um, Amy Lou Harris covering guy Clark's new cut road. And you're like, well, that's a whole different song now, you know, and right. The world just is, you know, now where I, you know, now I'm like hell. I'm playing my songs. Listen to me, and so maybe maybe it's better to spread the love.
0: I think there's explore. there's something to to both of those aspects, though. Sure. Where I know that because um, I've I've tweeted about that before. Like we don't ever get any like covers. We don't have a, like a you know a song. There's not like a standard that everyone covers anymore or cuts. Like yeah, uh, everyone's cutting every Christopherson song, right? There's like 100 versions of Sunday Morning coming down or something, yeah. right? And I guess like, um, I know Drew Kennedy had mentioned, it's probably because now you're only given like so many times to cut a record. You're saving money yourself to make a record. And then like, maybe you feel maybe. like those 10 songs, like those, whatever number it is, Oh, I need like I I should I need to cut these for, to at least yeah. get them out there.
1: I feel like that's true. In one hand, it's like because I'm doing that, I'm mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm focused on what I'm doing, and I want to make another record. And I'm looking around for the cash right now. Let's like, let's let's do it. Um, you got one in the bag. Let's make another one. Um, but on the other hand, it's cheaper than ever to make a record, right? You could do it right here. We could just set up right here when they're closed and make, and make, a, make record. a record. You could probably do it with this little machine you got. I would assume you throw that on a laptop, we're good to go. Yeah. You know, so it's, that's true, but it's also we're all bullshitting ourselves a little bit, you know?
0: Right. Well, there's something though where maybe, and this is, people cared about records back then, but like there was less of a focus on you making a, some kind of thematic record. And it was like, you know, where Dolly Parton gets three records out in a year. And, like, Johnny Cash is putting two yeah. records
1: out every year. I guess getting them out there and getting attention on them is a mm-hmm. whole different thing. You can make them. It's just right. nobody gives a crap because there's so much going on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, and that that goes to that whole thing where maybe, now, granted, there, there was, you know, uh, concept records back then, and there's records that, that roll together and all that kind of stuff, but in a, in a way where it's more like, hey, here's the next batch of songs. There's more of that going on, mm-hmm. you know. With, and even like Willie Nelson's doing that kind of stuff. Even though we all kind of think of him as being more of a prolific songwriter, he's still cutting a whole bunch of other people's
1: yeah. stuff. How many records is it? Is, uh, it, is it 140? Is I, can't, is I cannot stupid? remember
0: the the Texas Monthly ranking
1: yeah.
0: list, but it's crazy. It's a, a ridiculous amount of records.
1: I'd like to do that, but man, yeah yeah it's almost like the easier it is to make a record the harder it is to get attention on it and mm-hmm. get any ears on it but some i make thematic records i mean i, I don't do it on purpose but it always just hey these are obvious least stick together so right try to figure out what i'm talking about and well, stick i remember to it,
0: but the uh, one of the first times we talked it was around uh when you were putting out flatlands mm-hmm. and Obviously, like I gravitated towards that record because it just felt yeah, like home. this was home. And you were saying you were saying it in a way that felt refreshing but familiar. And I think a lot of people resonated with that record. But I remember you talking about how, like, that record could have been easily just ten other songs yeah. that that felt that were about home, about Flatlands. That could have been called Flatlands, but were ten different songs. Yeah. Do you ever think about, like, going back and...
1: Nah, man.
0: Or what's... what's I mean, I hear
1: them, like, sometimes a melody will pop into my head and I'll be, you know, walking through the house singing it my wife will be like, oh, my gosh, I haven't heard that forever. She'll start singing it. and Then my kids will be like, well, we don't know what this is and we'll just try to remember it and there they are. But usually the ones that get cut, there's a reason, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, and some of them, there's still holdovers that are... There's a record that... I've got a record coming out, like, early next year. That there's a song on it that almost went on Flatlands, but I just kind of knocked the bucket over when we were filling it up and so we just I just had to try again and i I knew, I feel like we nailed it this time, but it just wasn't wasn't ripe yet. I didn't change anything about it. it's just I changed a little bit and laid back a little bit, and so there it is, so yeah, I guess I am kind of going back, but most of it is gone. Yeah, you know, there's a whole. I mean, I have 140 records too. You're just never going to hear them, and they're not very good, most likely. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't want to rank them. I know that. I'll get Texas monthly on the. Oh sure. On the Call job.
1: Christian Wallace. <laughs> this is the bust part, not the boom.
0: Yeah. Uh, the I don't know. I, I find it fascinating how you and obviously plenty of artists expand and change. But like the difference between Flatlands feeling like a very dry, flat place, um, the panhandle, and then the next album really feeling like this like sonic sonically rich kind of Yeah. I always compared it to like the war on drugs but like a country record or yeah, any rock Americana mm-hmm. thing.
1: What's the question? Well the question <laughs> is is like just like how, how did you? How, how you
0: why? Yeah, why? How did you like expand towards that way?
1: A lot of that's just relationships and what different people pull out of you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and what they, what they pull, you know, what they decide not to put in a song or to help you edit out sonically or to add to it, and it's just the different way people envision you. And so, I've been fortunate enough that the producers that I've been working with, that I trust them, and. You know, they'll take me down a road and I'll go for it, but I you know part of that last record, I was kicking and screaming half the way and then settled into it, you know, but there were moments where I was like, "What the hell are we doing like you know, and then we'd figure it out and it'd be like oh this is this is it, this feels great um, you know I think relationships um energy, you know sometimes you got a little shake in you, and sometimes you just calm uh, yeah, and so over the last decade I've experienced several of me you know it feels like and there they are i was i listened to flatlands well ago because i haven't listened to it in probably i don't know several years um all the way through like that and i was driving from Amarillo to lubbock i was like yeah listen to it <laughs> and you know and i was thinking the same thing like wow what a jump like and then i was thinking about won't come home and it's like well same thing between records. I don't know that I can go back and become the kid that mm-hmm. sang Flatlands either. You know, right? Um, no, I, 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 I don't know if anybody's listening. They probably don't understand what reference I just made. But in the song "Won't Come Home," it's basically like once you, once you leave, you can't come back. Well, once you make the last American, you can't make the Flatlands again. Right. You know, and that's fine. But no, I,
0: I I'm right there with you. I I always love artists who, um. They sound like when when I was 25, they sound like when I was 25. And then they sound like 30 when I'm 30. Yeah. And just the progress. Um, You may not always love the direction it is. I know like a lot of people, the easiest example is like with Sergio Simpson, right? As far as like people just either love it or hate it. And some people are there and okay with the ride all the way through. And some people are like me off here yeah
1: i think maybe sometime it's good to shake off those hangers on just like mm-hmm. get somebody new on your back because if, if you're not digging it then just i i like like i trust artists you know mm-hmm. i don't like many artists but when i do i'm like i'm in take me on a ride i might not like the view from this one in the beginning but i'll learn you know like for me i think we've talked about this in the past so it's like all my favorite music is music i used to hate and I talk a lot of <laughs> shit, so if I'm talking shit on you, I'll probably love you in six months. I'll be I'll be talking you up, but but the most drastic example is Drive By Truckers. First time somebody put that on, I was like, "This is the worst shit that's ever been made." <laughs> like, this is how many guitar solos you got? Let's I mean, why is the tone so trashy? Yeah. I, and now you know, really influential on not just the way I play music, but the way I think about things.
0: Yeah, I, I think like what what's I guess like one of those things that I think all artists kind of want to tap into is this like universalism. Like you want to like kind of reach fans. Right. Yeah, But, um, but I think like, well, this is where I'm going with, with Isbo being like really regional, yeah. you know? And and I think like there's people were making regional records about where they're from since the beginning. Um, but now, like, with Americana, I think, like, Southeastern gave an allowance for a lot of people to be okay with where they're from.
1: Yeah. That's good. I was talking about – I was talking to Seth Wick today. It was at his house in Amarillo, and we were talking about doing regional stuff, you know, not caving to that thing that makes you want to – you think you're going to get a little further by homogenizing a little bit. And yeah. Like, You know, I don't think about it too much. i just do what I do, but I'm aware of it, you know. Right. I see it going on, and everybody wants to be a real big deal. It's like, you don't want to be a real big deal. You want to be part of a community, you know, and and that'll fly a little bit if you do it.
0: Yeah. But there's something to the whole, I guess, like, I wonder, like, with someone like, um, I don't know, like, like, Turnpike very much romanticized Oklahoma. And I know like they would never feel the pressure to like continue trying to make that same record. But like when you have that, and I hate to like use the term like one hit wonder, but like an artist like that, who would have really big commercial success with that specific sound, that specific, like, Hey, I need to like, am I, am are you being like held to that standard, that same standard? You know what I mean?
1: Uh, or do you... Yeah, not really the same pressure. standard, but like the same form. Yeah, the right? form. Yeah. yeah, There you go. Um, it's got to be difficult. Fortunately for me, I've never been just a huge success. So I do whatever the <laughs> hell I want. Um, there was a lot of pressure like internally from... Because I had so much critical success, you mm-hmm. know. I didn't play to thousands of people, but I was written up in every corner of the earth, you know, and with Flatlands and The Last American. they both done well, but that that first kind of flash of light that I'd never seen before just blinded me a little bit. Like, whoa, shit. I guess I'm supposed to do this again. I can't, I can't do that. I don't know how I did it the first time. Right. Um, those were songs I didn't think anybody would hear. And so to, to contrive some sort of thing to try to do that again would be hilarious. You know?
0: Right. Well, I mean, it, it's it goes to... And I'm sure, like, there's... You mentioned just having like even songs that, um, that they weren't right for the time. Maybe they've died off. But like that one song you, you mentioned earlier about on this next record, still hanging around. Yeah. Um, you've had like a bunch of these songs probably for a long time. Yeah. Did you, did you, and w- with Flatlands, I guess like it kind of formed together in this way where it felt like, okay, this is what I want to talk about. I've, and I know you've had music before there, before Flatlands. Yeah. But f- as far as an introduction for people, it really was. Yeah, that was. That was it. Um, and then it, it, it feels like you had to, not necessarily had to, but, you know, you got to, like, swerve a little, right?
1: Oh, you, to, to get out from under myself? Yeah. Maybe, nah, like... Maybe. I mean, I, I don't know how much I was it, aware of, intentional of what was happening inside of me, but mm-hmm. I definitely... I buck the system if I can, and it's not intentional. It's just what I do. Right. Um, I've just kind of always been that way. So as soon as somebody liked it, I was like, ah, this is terrible. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm proud of it. I'm just joking. But, um, yeah, there was a little swerve in there. But, you know, but a lot of it was just natural because of the people I was hanging around and what they could hear in the songs and, you know, mm-hmm. new batch songs. Gets a new palette, and here you go, you know.
0: Yeah. Um, well, I think, like, going with The Last American, I think there's a lot of staying power in that record. I hope so. That, like, that's, like, 18, 2018. Yeah. It feels like, like, and this is maybe, like, human nature as far as, like, picking out patterns. We're really good at that as far as, like, picking out patterns and then applying it to what's happening right now in your life. Um, I think, like, in a weird way, like, that record tapped into something that was that's been happening the last year oh, as yeah. far as like I'
1: not gonna lie I was ahead of the game <laughs> like, whoa I, I mean I didn't know what was going to happen by any means, but I felt something and I went for it and it was you know I when I think about those songs now I'm like, oh my God they just they, they feel I'm like shit. If I'd have put out, if i put that out today instead of then, mm-hmm. it might just explode. You know, more right. people would be like, "How dare you?" You know, <laughs> probably get canceled for something. I don't know.
0: Well, I don't know. Like, there's it's it's strangely been like a like a quarantine record for me.
1: Maybe just for you. I don't. Think I don't know. Like that's else. what I'm
0: talking. about. I don't know. Maybe maybe someone's gonna say it now. Yeah. My my buddy Jeff Dennis will say absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, that's kind. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Uh-huh. Um, I'm proud of it. I feel like those songs y- here's the thing is I think you're right, but I wish it wasn't true. I wish those songs were worthless and we didn't have to think about right all these things. Yeah, but, but they're not, and this' is the world we're in. and so we've we got a lot to think about a lot yeah. to do.
0: Um, well, I mean,'re still like, a lot of those songs still are in relation to your kids. And yeah, my. there's so much that's not
1: It's yeah. like exploring that concept through my own life. Right. It's not all literal by any means, but yeah, yeah. It's not like I'm like here's my predictions for the end of the world. Yeah. But (laughs) that's the next record.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, like, what's what's going on now? Like, you've mentioned the new record going to be coming early next year. Yeah. Uh, I know you. I don't know if you've if if it's just been texts back and forth, but um, what what's been like the I guess like the past year as far as what you've been working on. Like, what's what's been the...
1: Um, well, I did that thing with Aubrey Sellers. We decided to cover Head Like a Hole from Nine Inch Nails, which, you know, people either love or they're like, F you, buddy. And I'm like, yeah, I know, man. I get it. I hate myself, too. Like, you're not telling me anything new. You shouldn't touch a song like that. But we did, and it's good, so kiss my ass, and here we go. Uh, so we did that. I don't know how that happened. It just happened remotely. We just recorded it with the, with the interwebs and stuff. And then, um, then I had a bunch of songs that were just making sense together, and I called Nilsson who produced Flatlands, and I was like, <laughs> I told him I want to make a country record that sounds like ZZ Top. And he said, oh, I got you. And then we went in and did what we did. And it, I mean, it obviously doesn't sound like ZZ Top, but that was the, it was like we talked about Neil Young and we talked about ZZ Top. And I, you know, and so we did that. And that's, you know, we're working. Now we're just wrapping up artwork and doing that whole thing. And this, I think we're hopefully going to drop a single in September. Um, that's the plan. And then keep making, keep Records. dropping, keep <laughs> more videos, more more pictures of my ugly face all over wherever we can put it. And try to get people to listen to it. But I'm excited about it. I think it might. I'm in the fortunate position to, these, this record and the two before it, I'm, I feel like they're all my best record I've ever made. So I'll, you know, if you ask me the best record I've ever made, it's all three of them. This one's the best record I've ever made. Right. So, yeah. But I wouldn't talk to you all of the other two either. <laughs> Man, I'm pretty happy.
0: This episode of New Slang is brought to you by The Blue Light Live here in Lubbock, Texas. Blue Light has long been the heart and soul of the Lubbock singer-songwriter scene and has been a home away from home for some of Texas, Americana, country, and rock and roll's finest over the years. Talk with 99.9% of the songwriters who have come out of Lubbock and the panhandle at large over the past 20 years and they'll point to just how integral and necessary the Blue Light is. With live music and touring slowly but surely coming back, spots like the Blue Light are getting back to their usual ways as well. That means music every night of the week. Do you want to see that schedule? Well, I've got a few options for you. One, go to their socials and give them a follow. That is at Blue Light Live on Twitter, at The Blue Light Live on Instagram, and of course by just searching The Blue Light Live on Facebook. They're consistently posting that week's lineup of shows as well as those heavy hitters that ought to be on your calendar that are coming up on the horizon. Two, check out bluelightlubbock.com as well. There they have the full schedule, the cover charges, time, any of those specials that may be happening. While there, go check out their merch page. They have a wide range of hats, koozies, hoodies, sweaters, beanies, jackets, and so much more. You can, of course, get all of your merch needs when you go see your favorite band. Take the stage at Blue Light. Just ask the bartender and they will get you all set. Speaking of which, that's another great way of seeing who's playing there. Just go to the Blue Light. It's at 1806 Buddy Holly Avenue here in Lubbock, Texas. And of course, again, that is bluelightlubbock.com. I'll throw a link into the show notes too. Maybe I'll see you there. Okay, let's get back to the show. The, the song you did with uh, Aubrey, I thought, like, there for a second. Are we going to get season four of True Detective? I mean,
1: it feels like... Yeah, come on. Somebody put that on a TV show. A, I don't know how yeah. how that works with the cover. I'm sure Trent Reznor would be like, no. Maybe he... I don't Maybe know. he likes money. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't sound like it, but...
0: Yeah. I always, like, go back to... With Nine Inch Nails, as far as, like... Well, I mean... Well, you okay? I, I was just mid thought with two different thoughts. Clearly, you have to get because Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross do so many so many soundtracks now for movies. Clearly, you have to work it into something he's working on for a movie. You know what I'm saying? No. As far as getting
1: your cover. In oh, the that's I should aim. At that's what he's already doing. Slide up in there. Whatever
0: he's yeah. That's yeah. the route.
1: Um, that's that's a good way to think about it. Yeah. The I other the, thing. I signed though, a sync deal. Here, here the other day, and so maybe they'll figure it out. You know, get me on some TV. That'd be nice. Yeah. You know,
0: we're gonna um, get you on Yellowstone. it
1: legitimized me to, to you know my people I actually know. You know, people you know are always impressed if they see you on TV. Right. It doesn't matter if it's the news or True Detective.
0: Well, is it is it the um, going back to being getting all the critical acclaim with Flatlands in the Rolling Stones and all. Um, is that where, like, you, you heard from people? Yeah. Family going, yeah. oh, okay, okay. Man, yeah. and, and,
1: like, I, there's – I think for some people there's a temptation to be able to, to laugh or shrug that off a little bit. I'm like, nah, embrace it. It's good, man. Mm-hmm. You, I, I, just, I just wanted to make good. Just hometown kid makes good. That's all I wanted. Yeah. And so I think it made some people proud. It feels good. you
0: What was it the other day, the, uh, the local paper? Was it in the Amarillo – paper like you had like it was a cover in the single was it like in
1: oh yeah they the 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 woman that did the artwork yeah they put her on you know channel four there in Amarillo and they talked about the artwork and I was just I thought it was really cool because she's an art teacher you know she's mm-hmm. not she's not out there trying to shake it and get all the attention she's she's just working hard and she loves the art and so she's she did this she's actually from Perryton she lives in Amarillo but we didn't know each other in Perryton I, you know, I just thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And I'm going to go be on Channel 4 tomorrow. Cause I just, you know, what's yeah. better than that?
0: Yeah. What's you know? the What's the Perryton local paper? What's the name? Uh,
1: sh- sh- don't ask me that. Because I've been in there and they've been kind and gracious to me. And uh, the aqua tree, the Perryton I don't know. We just call it the Perryton paper. It's okay. got a name. I don't know Shit. if it had like
0: a weird name. No, I don't know. Because for Fort Stockton, it's the Fort Stockton Pioneer the what Fort Stockton pioneer
1: the fort. No, it's nothing like that. It's either like the, the Tree journal or the Perryton Gazette or, you know, something very yeah accessible.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, pioneer.
1: That's pretty great. <laughs> the pioneers got them all beat.
0: Yeah. The there's, there's still always one of those things where I always kind of romance, romanticize the idea of like moving back to Fort Stockton and taking over the Pioneer and just like reporting on just giving up all this shit. Cause it's not working, but like going back and just covering, you know,
1: uh, that might arrest, be amazing. Arrest records Don't give up that idea. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. Actually.
0: <laughs> Earl got drunk again. Good way to go in debt Buy newspaper.
1: Well, I think why do you got to buy it? You know, just, just do it. <laughs>
0: Run it into the ground. That's the the <laughs> squeakiest
1: will I've ever heard back there. Yeah. Um Uh <laughs> that's funny. Um I was thinking Fort Stockton. I was listening to you and Christian Wallace talk about ice skating in oh, in Odessa. In Odessa. <laughs> I just laughed no. so hard. <laughs> what a what a sight. Yeah. I'm picturing you as adults, like <laughs> yeah, of on course, some yeah. sort of mandate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's is, that's the, always it. the weirdest thing, right? Uh, thinking about the people you know as adults, yeah. as like when they're telling like you're stories just about a to,
1: smaller Thomas Mooney. Yeah, you're
0: just like had the beard, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, even at eight, nine, ten, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it's such a weird. Um, like why there was the what – their, what their, I guess, reasoning on, on building the ice skating rink other than maybe like
1: – Probably money. I've give right. the
0: youth a place to get off the streets so they're not out there doing drugs.
1: We can't have those skateboard parks in our town. Yeah. Let's get an ice skating rink. When <laughs> I lived in Michigan, before I came down here, so maybe that's the story. Maybe yeah. not.
0: One of my favorite stories about Music City Mall, which is – that's the mall in Odessa – And this is, like, it sounds urban legend, and it sounds so ridiculous that it must be true. And that is um, that they had done a study that, like, more people stay in malls longer if it's carpeted. So that's why, like, the mall in in Odessa is a carpeted
1: mall. Yeah. Why do people stay in malls longer if they're carpeted? I have no idea. That's just what I've heard. Maybe their feet don't hurt as bad. So they're just comfortable. The power walkers?
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: That's that's a weird... I hate carpet. I think that's universal. I think that's universal. For sure. <laughs> Nobody likes carpet. Especially in a mall. Um, I was thinking last time I talked to you, it was a weird conversation on the phone. And what I didn't realize... And you might not have thought so, but I got off the phone I was like, oh. And then we were on Clubhouse before that. And I, and I was kind of aloof on Clubhouse just rambling and some, some old guy with a mustache who oh yeah, has a cool mustache was like trying to ask me about my music and I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> but just uh, my official apology to that guy. I totally <laughs> didn't know I had COVID and I was going down the tubes. Yeah. By the time I went home, I jumped on the phone with my brother. I was on the phone for like, like the, you know, probably an hour after I talked to you, I was like, I sat in the car and talked to my brother for a little bit and I was like, Oh crap! I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get in the house. It just happened, like boom. So that's my apology for my strange behavior on that day, if there was any.
0: I didn't. I didn't sense any, but the COVID, the COVID brain, the COVID like rapid, rapid decline. Yeah, it's is real. I know Charlie Stout still talks about having COVID brain.
1: Even now, the fog. I think I still got a touch, you know. Yeah, I've been touched for most of my life. So, (laughs) I mean, I worry. I'm like, am I going to remember lyrics? I don't know. I'm not sure where I'm at some days. Do you worry about like remembering lyrics while singing? I do until I'm singing, then I don't think about anything. But I, yeah, I fret over all this stuff, you know. Yeah, I
0: always. People always ask, or they they when they get off stage after they play the show, you almost always ask someone that you know how did it sound? Yeah,
1: yeah And that yeah, person yeah. always like, "Oh, that's
0: phenomenal. oh it's phenomenal." It was great. They didn't cuz they don't know all the the if there was like a minor hiccup or if there was even a major no. fuck up. Like, you don't really ever
1: nobody sees those things. notice it. Yeah. It's vanity to think that somebody's looking at that. I mean, people are trying to get the big picture, you know? Nobody's looking at the brush strokes. Those are for later times. You go back. And if you've already seen the big picture and then you notice the messed up brush stroke, brush 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 stroke then maybe that's even cooler than it doesn't make it bad you go how does the big picture so beautiful if the brush stroke sucks right and that's maybe the way i'm i'm just making stuff up but i think that i think there's probably something to that you know and then most people are just like they're not they're not familiar with that specific skill set enough to worry about it and just do I feel good does that feel good and, and it also takes place like sometimes you fret like in the studio or whatever over the smallest thing that you know nobody's going to notice but you know they're going to feel different when they hear it so you might not ever be able to go you don't know what you're missing first of all so if we EQ something a certain way you don't know that you missed that mid-range being not scooped or scooped or whatever unless you're just really dialed into that kind of thing you got to be a freak show um, but you know how you react, you know. Like, there's not a lot of high end on Flatlands. It's not a real sparkly, right? you know. And if it was, that would be a totally different record to me, emotionally. Um, you know, and there's times I wanted it to be glossed over. Like, oh, it should be real glossy. And then I listen to it. I'm like, nah, it should sound dirty like this. It's great.
0: I want to break one more time to talk about our pals over at Desert Door and offer up a quick Thomas Mooney's cocktail minute. As I've said probably a hundred times by now, by no means am I a seasoned mixologist or bartender, but these have been some of my Desert Door go-tos. For starters, let's just go with the tried and true ranch water. Pop the top off the Topo Chico, take a good swig. Now pour in some Desert Door, and top it off by throwing in a few lime wedges. Never fails. This one, it's so simple it probably doesn't even count, but again, pretty foolproof. Do the exact same thing, but get you a Mexican Coca-Cola. I guess you can go with a regular one, but you're really cutting yourself short if you don't opt for the Mexican import variety. All right, here's the changeup you've been waiting for, Desert Door Sangria. This one is prime for when you have company coming over and you aren't wanting to just be over there making six different drinks at a time. What you'll need is some Desert Door, obviously, a bottle of red wine, honey, boiling water, apple cider, apple cider vinegar, some cinnamon sticks, a couple of apples, and some thyme sprigs. I know that may sound intimidating, but trust me, it's worth the prep. And honestly, it's pretty easy. For starters, get you a punch bowl, add that honey, those cinnamon sticks, and the boiling water together. Now, you're going to want to stir that all up and let it cool down for about an hour or so. Remember, patience is a virtue. Once that's done, add some desert door and stir vigorously. Now add the wine, the cider, and the vinegar, and continue stirring until it's equally mixed. Now slice those apples up and toss them in. Put in those thyme sprigs as well. Now you can pour that over some ice and you have a mighty fine sangria. Chef's kiss. Anyway, those have been some of my favorite go-tos as of late. And remember, Desert Door is as versatile as vodka and more refined, smooth, complex, and intriguing than tequila. It's rich and balanced. and whether you decide to keep it simple or want to experiment, Desert Door is that perfect Texas spirit. There's plenty more recipes over at DesertDoor.com as well. Check out the show notes for a link. All right, let's get back to the episode. You see it a lot of times with, with young songwriters, especially like during songwriter night up here on Mondays or like during the competition, the lowering of expectations. And that's the, all oh, the songs brand new guys. Don't I? Oh yeah, yeah. I, never do that. Yeah, and I just, I'm Believe always like, yourself. just, no one is going to know.
1: You could do the best job in the world, but because you said that, everybody's looking for the, the brushstroke now. They're mm-hmm. like, where does it suck? Oh, I would have changed that. It's not done yet, is it? Here I, you know, you, there's always a guy in the crowd that's like, I got an idea. <laughs> that one song, maybe if you just flip this, you're like, okay. You know, I'll come out and tell you how to build fence next week. You tell me how to write a song. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. That's inevitable. That's just part of life. It's kind of fun once you embrace that. You're like, oh, I'll think about it.
0: <laughs> I, I love going on Twitter, and anytime Jason Isbell tweets something.
1: That's a song right within there. Within,
0: like, five replies. Yeah. It's, it's there. <laughs> and Death, it's, taxes, and someone telling Jason Isbell
1: there's a song in there. Yeah. yeah. The yep. constants. Yeah. It's constant. But it's got, you know. That's okay. That's the rhythm we've got.
0: No, I I love it. Like I yeah. think it's so funny. Like it, it's the uh I've, <laughs> I bet we only have like a handful of stories that you've heard that are like genuine someone told me there was a song in there. There's probably a shit ton more that we like I hear that people don't want to like Yeah, I'm sure.
1: It's just okay. And it's, you know, a lot of times it's somebody you grew up with or something, you know, and you're just like, you love them, but you're like, that's hilarious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. We're going to, oh, I know what I was going to circle back to. And that's Clubhouse. It's oh, funny, yes. like how like Clubhouse just, I don't know if anyone's going on Clubhouse anymore.
1: Oh, are you done? I, I think I am. I got I think done I'm pretty quick. Yeah. I think I'm my worst self on Clubhouse. <laughs> I just feel like an ass. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Something to say. Yeah, you know,
0: it's such a like. What's funny about Clubhouse is like it came at the tail end of the the quarantine.
1: Yeah, and oh, maybe it that's a been good perfect, thing. Perfect, right in the middle of it. Right.
0: You know. You, well, you think so, but maybe like maybe that was like a good thing that it didn't come. That yeah, early.
1: we'd all just been screaming. Yeah. It is just. Been, it would have just every Clubhouse would have been about mask. You know, it's like just let it go.
0: Yeah, the, that's the one thing I will say that it's probably a contributing factor of me just not getting on clubhouse anymore. And I think for a lot of people is that like all the conversations um, ended up at that point of you're going to get a vaccine. You're going to get the mask on. Like you're going to like, it just went all like everything went back to that point. "Ah." And I thought like one of the beauties of, of clubhouse was that it fast tracked a lot of relationships between people where you just kind of, You didn't have to.
1: I was in rooms instantly with people like, I definitely need to know this person. Mm -hmm. And and I think they would enjoy what I do. And that could be lead to something good. But yeah, uh, just made all that stuff happen instantly. I didn't make good on any of it, but I I saw the potential for it. for sure. Right.
0: For me, like just knowing more people in the industry that I had emailed back and forth or.
1: Lock it in. Putting a voice to it
0: made it like we're like, oh, OK, these things actually turn now. Yeah, where, because they know my voice, they know I'm a real person. Things got done, a few things, you know what I mean. But
1: I quit I think it's just getting on it because that guy on the the icon for the app looks like a dipstick. So I was like, yeah. I'm done with this guy. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think of
0: who it is now. There's some, uh, Oh, they changed it. Yeah, it's a woman. Right there, you see.
1: Well, how old is she now? Because that picture was obviously taken seventy years ago.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I did one time make the icon Charlie Stout and was like, Jay, Charlie,
1: they switched the. <laughs>
0: Just That was you like, know? I
1: become so infamous around here. What's his deal?
0: Oh, I don't know. Being I mean, drunk and I, we, songwriter?
1: He interviewed me next door at Tom's. Um, golly, 2006 or something? Really? Yeah. I don't find that interview, please. I'm sure it's terrible. I've- but he's just been here. Mm-hmm. He just keeps being here. Well, he's really? in
0: Tucson now.
1: Well, that's stupid. But, yeah. Charlie. <laughs> it just made me look dumb, first of all. What's he doing in Tucson? Just taking pictures of that same cactus every day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think he's like a setting up little inside a baseball <laughs> if you're new to the podcast.
0: Setting up a new uh, little studio to record some music, I guess. I don't oh, know. And then... It's one of those, like, oh, man, you moved to Tucson. And he'd been out in Tucson before he moved to yeah. Lubbock. But it's like, man, you move moving to Tucson in the middle of summer. Hey, Tucson's, or, like, Charlie's never going to be, like, the the dad who, like, talks about weather. You know, and that, man, like, the weather's been out bad today. But, like, there's been a handful of uh, texts to us about, man, it's, like, 90 degrees and it's 8 a.m.
1: Whoa. Yeah. That kind of shit. He seems like he's comfortable being uncomfortable, though. You know? Yeah. <laughs> goes into churches full of rattlesnakes or something to record records and I assume there's rattlesnakes in there I don't know Yeah, no, it had to be so um, yeah <laughs> I like well, that's what I like about this whole scene though is even though he's gone there's just a lot of people that have been around for a lot a lot of years and they just keep adding into it building thing and then now there's a thing it's a yeah. real thing and it's birth yeah. not just careers but a sound and, you know, and a movement of sorts, and you see, you know, you know, Flatland and all that stuff. Now is kind of the biggest kind of banner for it. But yeah.
0: Well, that's the. Um, this is, was this was not something that Jimmy Delgimore had said during our interview, but I've read about like him talk about. A lot of people put a lot of emphasis in you know, Lubbock or the West Texas, the Panhandle being a special place for music and kind of being like this happens everywhere yeah, it's just like saying funny. talking about it that i think that makes it yeah. an event if you treat it like that i think that's, like, that's a real
1: thing if there's a you in every town that's really helpful you know or every every region mm-hmm. and there's there's not a you in every region but it's it's happening more and more you know obviously with the the way the internet and podcasts are going but um you've added you've contributed a lot and a lot of it's just it's it's like going to the bar and you walk in and you're like who the hell's on stage whatever, it like say me me and you are walking to the bar, somebody's on stage and you're like who's that and I'm like who gives a shit, then that's the tone, or if I we walk into the bar, and you say who's that I'm like I don't know dude let's find out sounds good, you know or whatever right. we raise up, just like I don't know let's see how good let's see if he has it, then all of a sudden that opens up a thing or if you've heard of them before and you're like oh you're gonna love this song then all of a sudden you listen from a different angle the whole night the whole night's changed and that bleeds to the next person the next person and just like a little bit of not just positivity positivity is a nice word by the way (laughs) positivity but expectation yeah you know raising it the opposite of that kid going I don't know I wrote this last night I don't remember the words you got a cough but like hey you know really flexing a little bit it's not a bad thing Yeah, I
0: think there's something too, and I brought that up to Jimmy as far as the the idea of um, even now, like you're you're basing a lot of regions, a lot of going back to regional music, a lot of cities, a lot of pockets um, basing what they're doing on the history of what others did, right? And that like that all builds up. Yeah, you know, it becomes a, a story. Yeah, and and I think that's what more than anything else, is what's made love it cool, yeah. or made West Texas You could draw cool.
1: a through line, you know? Mm-hmm. Go from one guy to the next, to the next, to the next, you know? And there's voices you can hear. There's a... there's a. What's this kid's name? I'm gonna look him up. Hurst? Is that his name? Arapahoe? Do you know about this?
0: Mm, I don't think so. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Somebody sent me this song from this kid, and I assume he's from around here because he sounded like... I'm not saying he sounded just like so-and-so, but he had that tinge that he goes back. He goes back for 20 years I've heard that sound. Every yeah. single band, It's a, there's a voice inflection that is completely Lubbock, you know, and and that which is bled out further and further through Texas. And You can hear Parker McCollum and, by God, hold me to it, he sounds like he wants to be from Lubbock, you know? <laughs> it's that's what I hear from a distance because I'm not not too familiar with the whole scene, but I listen to a guy. I'm like, oh, you sound like the guy that listened to Pat Green and then went into his bedroom and then went to the blue light and then on and on and on right. and on it goes. You know?
0: Yeah. I think there's something also to, even in that, it's not just necessarily necessarily the what you write or wh- how you write or what you're writing about. It's in the voice that, Dryness. Yeah. Um like someone like John Bauman who mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes grew up in San Antonio, even though he's born in Amarillo, I've never heard like a more West Texas voice yeah. than right. John Bauman. Right.
1: <laughs> like I, mean, <laughs> I was listening to y'all's podcast here a while back and y'all were talking about like you know, we me and you talked a long time ago about culture and about like being isolated from you know, because we every, when Flylands came out, everybody's like, oh, but you listen to Joe Ely every day of your life. And I'm like, uh, mm-hmm. I think I know once a maybe. Um, and then I listen to him, and I'm like, well, I, I do sound like this. I do. I am in this lineage. I just, by proximity of, like, by the dirt in the air. I mean, you kind of can't help but sound like that. But, but then I feel like I'm misrepresented because at the time I told you, like, well, I, everything – Way up there in Perryton, two hours north of Amarillo, right? You're just in the middle of nowhere. It was just imported for, on MTV, whatever's coming on your box, you know? But then that was a lie, too. because I'm, I've
0: used that a whole bunch, though. I feel yeah. like it's there's something there.
1: There's something. There's a reality to it, and I've heard you kind of mention it. and But then I heard John go, like, Ugh, Like, why would you want to grow up? And I'm like, well, you got to take that in context. also know the strangest, weirdest things ever. My brother would come in and have a record on, you know, that nobody had ever heard. And he's just jamming it, you know. He's driving his truck around just – I'm trying to even think of a reference here. But uh, my dad started throwing John Lee Hooker records at me early, you know. And then the guys that led him to being him and, and throwing that out there. I'm defending my my 16-year-old self to go, no, 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 no. I know more than what's on the TV. Yeah. Um, might be a weird insecurity I have, but <laughs> – what is? I think that's a cool thing though. Is like what, what influenced you? That weird thing I heard my uncle say, and that weird record he had, my dad had. Because it's not necessarily, you know. I I always feel like this. People are like, are you familiar with this inside of this scene or this or that? I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, the girl at Walmart sounded weird, and that was influential, you know. Or like, your babysitter said the same phrase every day and it wound up in a song, <laughs> you know, you don't know. Right. It's just these very like m- micro scenes. I'm rambling here but you no, know you know what I'm saying though. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's the at one point your parents were like die hard just fanatics about some artist yeah, that yeah. was not big. Yeah. And that was that's carried on with them yeah. no matter how old they got. They loved so and so if they loved like, you know, um, it's easy to touch them for Elvis, but like the, the lesser known Elvis, whoever that yeah. person was, right? Um,
1: my dad always thought Foster and Lloyd was just the coolest thing in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the cool thing is when he came to see me in Nashville the first time, they were playing a free show down the street. It's like, let's go. Yeah. Walked around the corner. He's like, oh my God, you know? Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. I mean, that's a pretty big band, but also not a pretty big band. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: And I guess that's my point. It's like there's always going to be that indie cred that you didn't know that your parents were that cool. Yeah. yeah and yeah, then yeah. mixed in with all the top 40 stuff. For well,
1: sure.
0: And like our top 40, as you mentioned, was the, the MTVs, the VH1s.
1: Yeah.
0: 90s country radio. But in a lot of ways, it's, it's the same thing that was happening for your grandparents whenever like you could catch radio from Mexico and Chicago. But it was just a different thing. That was still gonna be like top that was still like that top layer.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: Even though like the the stuff from Mexico they were playing a lot of blues and a lot of like um, you know, minority type of records as far as like African Americans and Spanish and all you know what I mean? Uh but but I think it's still kind of the same thing. Yeah. But
1: um kind of dialing into the same thing all over the world, that's cool.
0: Yeah. Um I'm gonna get you out of here on this and this is about you know, you moved up to Nashville, and somehow, like, you, you still run into, like, people from West Texas. Sure, man. Somehow, all the time, right? Yeah. Uh,
1: I played the, the show where I got COVID, which I, I swear that's where I got it. That entire, half the bar was from Lubbock, <laughs> literally. And Ross Cooper was playing, and we, you know, we were being discreet, because everybody was shaming everybody for trying to make a living and play music, but... <laughs> um but go ahead, yeah.
0: Oh, no, no, it's the – do you, do you feel like you've gravitated towards people who are from the same place, even though you're from far away, or is that just still one of those things where, oh, yeah. I've just not I – don't, I don't talk about all these other people who are from Nashville or, like, from Tennessee or Arkansas or wherever in your
1: day-to-day life that you – I mean, just logistically, I have four daughters. I just don't have time. I'm yeah. like your dad getting off work and he's tired, you know, except for my my job is trying to encourage little girls you know you can do it you're amazing, yeah um so i'm you know especially this last year not a lot of hanging, but i'm I made a few really tight relationships i'm not um was the question whether I gravitate to people from West Texas while yeah. I'm there. Probably not. I'm definitely into new experiences, but, um, and trying to stretch myself and, and, uh, that said, I miss this place a lot. You know, this place being <laughs> hundreds of miles. Um, I miss the people here. People here make a lot of sense to me and I'm ripe to come home at some point. Just cannot figure that out yet. And, I listen to my own record driving down here, and listen. If you leave, you won't come home. And damn it, if I wasn't right, you know.
0: Right. So, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Because yeah. even if you, in that song, you talk about even if you do, you're not going to be the same yeah, person. Yeah, right? so
1: much. It's it's weird. So, you know, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I really appreciate you. I appreciate your time and what you've done for Lovick. Well, thank you. Putting a voice towards me and the, the writing you've done. I think I had a lot of journalists write about me, but uh, a lot of them seem to miss the mark and be confused. And you you flush things out that I didn't even know were in there. I really appreciate it.
0: Well, I appreciate it as well. I mean, I'm one of my favorite songwriters. So. Thank you. very much. Yeah. Let's go get a beer. Let's do. It. Thanks so much for coming on. All right, that is it for this episode. Be sure to check out Ryan's catalog of songs if you haven't checked them out just yet. Be sure to stop on over at our presenting partners, Desert Door and The Blue Light Live. And yeah, I'll see y'all later this week for more episodes of New Slang.